Have you found yourself wondering what in the world is gluten? What's the big deal? Why is everybody talking about it? Is it actually harmful or is it just the latest trendy addition to the bad food list? If that's you, stay tuned. Let's talk about it. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward Podcast, where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Welcome back, friends. Today, I want to spend a few minutes talking about gluten and why everyone seems to be hating on it. For the past several years, this topic has become more and more popular and just about every health and fitness guru out there has contributed their two cents to the conversation. And while there are no shortages of opinions on the matter, what I do seem to not find nearly as often is just simple information that explains what gluten is, why it's been labeled as air quotes bad, and how you can determine if you should cut out gluten or not. So that's exactly what I want to provide for you here today. You know me, I like it simple and clear, so let's just jump right in. So what is gluten? Gluten is the main storage protein found in wheat grains. So most often that's going to be found in products containing wheat, barley, and rye, as well as occasionally in oat products. That's more of a cross-contamination issue than it being inherently in oats. So think of gluten as the component to most breads and pastas and baked goods that give it that stretchy, soft, basically delicious texture. (laughs) Gluten can also be added to several different foods like soups or sauces to increase the thickness or volume. Sometimes they're in processed foods to make them more filling, and then even sometimes in seemingly random things like soy sauce. So if gluten is a naturally occurring component of food, why has gluten been labeled as bad? So there's a few different factors that have caused some in the health and wellness field to have a concern regarding the regular consumption of gluten-containing foods. Gluten intolerances can vary wildly from mild to severe. Now those with celiac disease have an allergic inflammatory response to gluten in which their bodies actually attack their intestines and it creates an autoimmune response. It's actually an autoimmune condition. However, in the past several years, it's become more well known that those with celiac disease are not the only ones who can have negative reactions or side effects from consuming gluten. Gluten has been found to be highly inflammatory for a lot of people. Those with non-celiac gluten sensitivities or intolerances often experience symptoms like bloating and digestive discomfort, brain fog, headaches, joint pain, um, anxiety, sometimes depression, and then often eczema or other skin issues after consuming gluten. But when gluten is taken out of their diet, these symptoms typically go away. It's not fully known why gluten can be so inflammatory. Research has shown that 
when gluten is consumed by anyone, whether there's a sensitivity to it or not, it actually causes a temporary increase in the production of zonulin, which is a protein that regulates our intestinal permeability. So that's just a natural process that happens in our bodies. But when we eat gluten, that actually triggers a release of that um, protein called zonulin. And so what that does is that allows our the walls of our intestines to open and that actually can allow gluten or other organisms to be released into the bloodstream which can trigger inflammation in the body that's one of the theories as to why gluten is so inflammatory one of the most common questions i've heard in regards to eating gluten or not eating gluten is if people have been eating gluten for centuries why is it just now become an issue isn't this just a trend well, this is just my opinion, but in a lot of cases, I feel like gluten and honestly, a lot of food sensitivities are just kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. As I've talked about before, our bodies are made to handle small amounts of inflammation. We have pathways designed into the functionality of our bodies for that kind of thing. However, due to just our lifestyle for the majority of us, we have a much higher level of exposure to inflammation-inducing foods, including gluten, and experiences like stress than ever before. Never has there been so many processed foods available and consumed on a regular basis. Never has there been this constant exposure to stressors, both physical, like environmental toxins, and emotional, like 60-hour work weeks, and constant social media, and 24-7 news. I don't think that gluten by itself is necessarily the issue. I think it's that we have all these other issues going on, and in our standard American diet, we consume a lot of gluten. So it's not just one single thing. When I was talking to someone about this before, they said, well, gluten is so bad. Why has the FDA not put a regulation on it? Or why have they not banned it if it's linked to all these inflammatory conditions? And it just goes back to, again, I don't think we can label just one thing as the cause. I think we just already have these high levels of inflammation in our bodies. And gluten is just something that in our normal everyday life, we would normally consume a lot of it. If you think about most people's breakfast, especially if you're on the go and you're going through a restaurant, it's going to contain bread of some kind. There's gluten. Lunches usually contain crackers or bread. Again, maybe a sandwich or a wrap or something like that. There's gluten again. It's often hidden in sauces and soups and even sometimes in like deli lunch meat. So there's an exposure again. And then for dinner, often main go-tos are going to include bread or some kind of casserole that includes like a, a sauce that has gluten in it as a thickener or pasta. So you can see just in those examples, that doesn't even include snacks or anything like that or baked goods or anything like that how many times gluten is consumed during the day. So what I'm saying is 
based on our lifestyle and the way that we're eating, we are just already so ready and prone for these kind of inflammatory responses. And due to the nature of gluten and that zonulin response that I just mentioned, it's just a kind of a perfect storm for most people. So how can you determine if you should go gluten-free? Well, I think it's a personal choice. As a health coach, I 100% believe in bio-individuality. So we each have things that are better for us. There is no one-size-fits-all. So not every single person needs to do the exact same thing or eat the exact same way or do the exact same workouts. But I think there are certain general things that are true for all of us that we can follow. Also, there are lab tests that can actually be done to look for certain antibodies um, and certain food sensitivities. So that's one way to go. Now, in order to do that, you have to have consumed gluten recently or it's not going to show properly. And also, it can be difficult to find testing that looks at all the antibodies that could react and not just the main one. I think the easiest way to determine if you should go on a gluten-free diet is by doing, I think the main way to determine if you should go gluten-free is by doing an elimination diet. I think that's just the easiest way to determine if you have a sensitivity. An elimination diet is just like what it sounds. You eliminate all gluten-containing foods from your diet for at least 30 days, 60 days is ideal. And during this time, you know your symptoms and how you feel. Then after the elimination time is up, you add gluten back into your diet. And then again, note how you feel. If your symptoms return or you start to feel bad, or maybe even you just notice that you don't have as much energy as you did before, or you start to have skin issues or any kind of symptom like that, then you can know you have a sensitivity to gluten. The other most common question I get asked when talking about removing gluten from your normal way of eating is if I cut out gluten, what can I eat? And the answer is lots of things. There is a learning curve to going gluten-free. However, there are a lot of great alternatives out there. And honestly, if this takes a, a mindset shift, but Our meals really shouldn't be full of gluten-containing foods anyway. They really should be a combination of high-fiber carbohydrates, mainly vegetables, and a healthy protein and fat. And really, none of those things contain gluten. So you can think of vegetables don't contain gluten. Rice doesn't contain gluten. Your more starchy vegetables like sweet potatoes and regular potatoes, those do not contain gluten. And then your protein source, whether that's going to be from a clean meat or from a plant-based protein, those typically don't contain gluten either. And then healthy fats, those don't really contain gluten either. So most of the whole foods that are really good for us to be eating anyway, they naturally don't contain gluten. So as far as our actual meals go, it doesn't change that much to go gluten-free. Now, where it kind of comes into play are going to be things obviously like pastas or if you're going to have a sandwich or snack type foods like crackers and um, baking mixes and things like that. 
And there are a lot of good gluten-free alternatives for those things. So you definitely have to make sure that you're looking at the ingredients when you're buying gluten-free alternatives, because sometimes they can just be full of, um, just different fillers and chemicals and unhealthy ingredients. Just because something is gluten-free, don't let that fool you into thinking that that automatically means that it's healthy. I've actually created a free guide for some of my favorite gluten-free alternatives that I will link in the show notes here, or you can download it by going to yourhealthforward.com backslash gluten-free. And then the last thing I kind of want to talk about is another question that I've gotten, and that is if you go gluten-free, does that mean you can never eat gluten again? And the answer to that is it really just depends on you. If you have celiac disease, then you really should not be consuming gluten at all, ever. However, people with a a mild sensitivity to it can occasionally eat gluten again after they've eliminated it for a time and allowed their gut to heal and they work to decrease inflammation in their bodies. So in my experience, after following an elimination diet, for at least 60 days, sometimes a little bit more than that. Those with gluten sensitivity, they prefer to be gluten-free most of the time, but they can occasionally have a slice of cake, for example, that isn't gluten-free and be okay. The bottom line here that I want you to understand from this episode is that gluten is not bad. As a matter of fact, There are no bad foods. Foods are amoral. They literally cannot be good or bad. What we we really need to change our way of thinking around that because, you know, gluten is a hot topic right now because it's known to be inflammatory for the majority of people. But that does not mean that a food is inherently bad because a food might cause unwanted side effects or negative side effects usually that's really due to some underlying inflammatory issues or other health issues going on and so we really need to just change our mindset from thinking that foods are good or bad that can just really set us up for a harmful relationship with food or just a negative mindset when it comes to food that isn't healthy for us and it causes a lot of undue emotional stress around eating so we don't want that so gluten is not the enemy but it can contribute to inflammation in the body and poor gut health and so in my opinion that makes the idea of eliminating it something worth considering personally i have i chose to go gluten-free mostly i would say that i follow about a 90 10 type of situation now because I knew that I had inflammatory issues in my body. And so for me, eating gluten made that worse. And I can tell now because I do eat it here and there for special occasions or get togethers or holidays, things like that. Um, or sometimes just a random pizza night. (laughs) Um, but I always can tell either by getting brain fog or I'll get a headache or if I have too much of it, then I will notice some digestive issues. So in my opinion, I think it's worth it to at least try eliminating it for again, 30, 60, maybe 90 days and see how you feel. 
And most of the time, people that I know that have eliminated from their diet have felt a lot better. Even if they go back and add it in occasionally, I think just changing the way that you, changing your habits around eating it so it's not every single meal, like the example I used earlier, will probably do your body some good and give your body a break from just that constant intake. So I hope that this has helped clear up a little of the misinformation or overwhelm around the idea of gluten and going gluten-free and why certain people are pushing this for our health and wellness. And I know that the idea of going gluten-free can be a little bit overwhelming. Again, if you want to download my gluten-free alternatives guide, go ahead and head to my website, yourhealthforward.com backslash gluten-free. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and I will talk to you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward podcast.